Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopia. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about the books we've been reading and what we might be reading this weekend. Joining me today are Joe Lewin, Head of Trade Books for Booktopia. Hello, Joe. Hey, Mark. Uh, we're also joined by Shanu Prasad, Category Manager for Lifestyle Books. Hello, Shanu. Hello. And lastly, but not leastly, we're joined by Renee Adolfson, Trade Product Coordinator. Hello, Renee. Hey, Mark. And forgive me for stumbling over my words. Uh, so first, we're going to discuss a little bit of book news. Then we'll delve into the books that everyone is reading. And then be sure to stick around until the end of the show when my guests will go head to head in a book quiz battle for supremacy, a no holds barred, take no prisoners trivia battle that we call book fight. So let's get into it. Book news. The Miles Franklin winner has been announced and it is The Yield by Tara June Winch. Uh, who's read The Yield? And is this a worthy winner? I have read The Yield, Mark, and um, it is an absolutely fantastic book. I absolutely, I just loved this book. And when uh, when the shortlist came out, I was absolutely rooting for Tara. Um, she's just gorgeous and her book is um, just, I think, an Australian classic. I think she's really one to watch over the next few years. Um, this will really cement her place as a... Um, formidable writer, right at the height of her powers. So um, I couldn't be more excited, to be honest. Could you give us a bit of a brief elevator pitch for, for The Eels? Because um, as somebody who's not read it, I'm, I'm curious as to as to what it's about. Um, so, Mark, basically the, um, the elevator pitch for this one is that um, a young woman comes home from a few years of travelling the world uh, because her beloved pop has uh, passed away. Um, he's an Indigenous man and he has spent the last few years of his life compiling a dictionary of language. And as he compiles this dictionary of language, um, it brings up memories of, of both his memories and intergenerational memories of um, all of the things that have happened to the, um, the Gondawindi family over the years that they've lived on this particular land. Um, but, like it was, it was a farm that they lived on. It was also a mission back in the day. Um, so it's an absolutely fascinating, um, sweeping novel of of many generations um, talking about the indigenous experience in Australia. Um, you know, there are some really tough bits in it, but overall, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty affirming as well. Um, so yeah, as I said, I couldn't be more excited for for Tara Jean uh, to have won this award. I think it's well deserved. And it sounds like it really sits well um, in the pantheon of uh, previous Miles Franklin winners as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's um, you know this is really a an award for for books that talk about the Australian experience, and um, and this book is quintessentially Australian. Excellent. Well, a well-deserved win there for um, Tara June Winch and and, and the Yield. Um, the next bit of book news that we want to discuss is a, is a bit is a bit um, more somber and a little bit sad uh, because we're recording this on the 16th of July and we just got word through that Joanna Cole, the author of the Magic School Bus books, uh, has passed away. Now, Shanu, I understand that you're a big fan of, of these books. Uh, what are your fond memories of the Magic School Bus? Uh, I am a massive fan and the reason, I mean, lots of reasons, but um, the greatest character, book character ever, with the greatest clothes ever, was Miss Frizzle. She was just absolutely the coolest teacher and 
my kindergarten teacher I thought was a bit like her, but different hair. But um, if anyone could see my um, lockdown hair right now, it's very Miss Frizzle-like, but less less good. Um, but she was just the, the greatest teacher and I always wanted to, I always wished I could have ridden in a school bus, just any kind of like yellow school bus looked like an awesome thing um, to be riding to school in rather than your parents' car, which is, you know, what I had um, or what most kids, I guess, had like a boring normal bus. Um, plus also I feel like I learned a lot about the human digestive system when I was a lot younger than probably most people would expect to learn about it just from the, the book that I think we must have had, I must have had that one first for me so it was like my favorite one that I would read all the time and watch I have that one too exactly right and you, the whole the whole class goes through the digestive system and you learn like lots of stuff about how it works and I thought it was awesome but Renee you also remember remember these books right I do I do remember the books I also remember the animated series <gasps> and it's yes. true Miss Frizzle was a style icon and remains a style icon yes 100 percent my school excursions never compared to those of the book, never. No, that's true. That's true. Can you imagine if any of our school excursions were actually anything, anything like that? That would they would have just that would have just been amazing. I I, I read uh, I read like a little obituary of hers um, today, and it was just it was so lovely that you know she said like you know she really just wanted to just be able to educate kids and make it fun at the same time. And I have to say that that was like that was her goal, and I think. She really achieved that, and I really, really hope that the Magic School Bus animated series will get like a, will get a lift again and get, um, and will get put onto like Netflix or something, so we can all enjoy the wonderfulness of at any age of the of the Magic School Bus. It's great that the books are all still in print and that they're um and they're still they're still available for sale now. But I would love to also watch the watch the series. I also had the one where they went to space. Um, obviously, yes. I love oh, that yes. so much. That one was a great one. Yeah. And I got I got once I remember I ordered one with book club at school and it came with a magic school bus eraser which I what? never used to rub anything out because I, I wanted to keep the, yeah hundred yeah. percent do you still have that now oh I'd have to go and look at my parents' house it's possible oh I would I would totally be doing that next time you uh you're you're there that that is awesome I wish I had a t-shirt I think how, how cool would it have been if you'd gotten you know how they used to do sometimes you got a good t-shirt with the book I really wish that I had a magic school bus t-shirt that would be very good. Miss face on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's our book news for this week. So moving on, we're going to jump into uh, the books that we've been reading. Uh, Renee, let's start with you. What have you brought to uh, the weekend Booktopian? So what I'm bringing is the Mammoth Mammoth by um, Chris Flynn, which I was extremely surprised by this book. It was a lot more comical than what I first thought. Um, when I first started reading it, I was a bit concerned it was going to be a bit dense as it does have a bit of historical retelling in it. But I was very surprised as it's narrated by the fossilised remains of a 13,000-year-old extinct American mammoth, which makes a very unique and interesting protagonist. And he finds himself in the company of the remains of a Tyrannosaurus batar, uh, a pterodactyl, a prehistoric penguin, and even the severed hand of an Egyptian mummy. And they all have very interesting voices as they start to retell how they became placed in um, this auction. There's an auction in New York, but they're all going to go for sale. And they basically go back in history to how they got to that point. And it's, yeah, it's a very unique read. And I really enjoyed it. And I think Shanu also read it too. Um, I did. And I could not stop laughing out loud. Um, it was just 
I found it just absolutely absurd and hilarious, but also really informative and quite moving. <laughs> so all of those things. But it, there was just something about the turn of phrase and the way um, that Chris wrote the book that made me, when my husband came home halfway through me, like, reading the book he um I just had to keep reading bits aloud to him even though he had no idea what was going on and even though he was I was just reading out little passages like you know a couple of sentences or a paragraph he would also laugh because it it was just the absurdity of having these fossilized remains and not even whole remains but just like bits of (laughs) bits of a a, a fossil like a hand you can just imagine right that that somehow they're all able to talk to each other and there's even a bit like where one of them is like really snarky and like, well, how is this even possible? I think you're just making this up. There's no way. You, you're just a hand. How would you know what's happening with the rest of your body? And they're just, you know, um, working out like they're just like saying, well, it's just it's just is what it is. We don't know how. OK, it's just is. let's just move on with the move on with the times. Um, and where where did you did you find the bit, Renee, at the bit where like the bit which got me is when they made a fresh air a, a fresh prince of bell air joke yeah that's when i realized it was a different kind of book than what i was expecting did you kind of is that the point where you were like ah okay yeah it was really refreshing to see that kind of reference in a book like this because it also does give you a really good it is a fictional retelling of these historical events but it does give you a fresh perspective because these voices are coming from fossils that were just observing these moments and that's why they can put these kind of pop culture references in. And it really works. And it makes yeah. you really, really kind of fall in love with these characters. Even though it is quite absurd that they are just parts of fossils. Absolutely. And you really get the climate, the kind of, it's like a climate change novel because it's really talking about the extinction of the mastodons and what the humans, yeah. you know, what the humans did to sort of make them extinct. Um, it's got a bit of hope at the end. It's a little bit based in actual, like, potential um, hope for the planet based on some things that scientists are actually doing. Um, it also talks about like the um, like the early settlers in America and like what the sort of the 18 and also the 18th century and like the kind of craze for like um, the early American presidents sort of wanting to show their power by having these huge skeletons displayed like in their offices and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it really delves like delves quite deep and goes quite quite far and goes to Ireland because the author is a Australian Irish he was uh, born in Ireland and moved to Australia um so I think I think it's just yeah it's just such a great book and I'm really glad to see that it's getting like you know it's kind of like it's a, it was kind of a little bit of a slow build which I think is how the book actually starts as well yeah. but it's um you know it's really good to see that the sales of that book are just um keeping on keeping on and I hope that people keep buying it and and, and finding it and I cannot wait to read his uh his next his next book that's for sure I've not read it myself, but um, it's 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 quite short, isn't it? Like it's not uh, like it packs a lot in, in because I, I saw it in a bookshop and it looked thin. Oh it's yeah, it's not it's not super like I, I mean I read fast anyway, so it's a bit hard for me to sort of judge like, and I generally read a book all in one go. Now that we have like these things called weekends where you don't go anywhere, so <laughs> um, so I don't know, Renee, what did you? Well, like, he really does. Really yeah, he really does pack it in. It isn't the thickest book for kind of. Um, what he ventures into because you're traveling over different continents and different periods of time. So it feels much longer than what it actually is, if that makes sense, because you're yeah. kind of flipping yeah. back through time. It's still so like it does <laughs> Yeah, it's a decent, it's a decent sized book, but it's not not that thick for a historical fiction. No. 
not not like Mark and you and your, you know, epic space quests that go on for 770 pages, volume one. So it is definitely shorter than that. But um, (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying I, I can understand if you're, you know, it is it is quite short, but um, just to quickly bring in a diff- completely different book, which sort of when you're talking about books that have a lot in them and that aren't very large, we just um, uh, spoke to um, uh, Charlotte McConaughey today about her book, The Last Migration, which also touches on issues of climate change, but this is like set in the you know the future and is a more um, realist book than this than 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 Mammoth, but it's also you know about probably a, bit, a little bit longer than, than Mammoth, but also manages to just bring in all these really large themes, but bring it, bring it, in a, bring it down in a way that's really easy to, um, easy to read and to not like reject straight away, like thinking, oh, no, no, that would never happen. You know, like you could really see how these things um, and how these ecological disasters have happened and can happen, um, but in a really non-preachy way. So I think that that's what both of these books do really well, but in completely different completely different ways. I um, it, Mammoth puts me in mind of um, a book that I didn't read, but I remember there was a bit of publicity around it a few years ago. It was from a science fiction writer. It was somebody, I think it was like Stephen Baxter, and he wrote a trilogy of books from the perspective of a woolly mammoth family. So it's almost like Mammoth could be a sequel to that when they're dead. <laughs> That's right, maybe, but yeah. So that would have been a science Hang on a second. Did you say a science fiction writer writing about woolly mammoths in space? Yeah. No, or... no, they're, they're on Earth in the... In oh, okay, Because okay. I was just picturing woolly mammoths with little space helmets on and um, <laughs> it's quite a cool picture. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Chris Flynn can write that as his next book. Maybe. <laughs> All right, it um, sounds like he could pull it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Renee, yeah. do you have another book to, to share or uh, shall we move on? Um, I do have another quick book to mention. So I also read um, Nicole Flattery's Show Them a Good Time, which I thought was a very interesting read as well. Um, it's kind of a collection of stories that focus on women and the roles they're kind of forced into, but it's a bit quirky and it's kind of self-deprecating and it can be bitter at times. And as someone who's kind of like a bit anti-romantic, it's a really nice read because it kind of challenges romance a bit and challenges the roles that women put themselves into or the roles that they're forced into. So I reckon that one definitely is a good read. Cool. Um, that sounds awesome. And did you know that she's also Irish? So. Yes. And so every character had an Irish accent and I couldn't break away from that, but it kind <laughs> of fit. It fit. So all you need to do now is <clears throat> uh, read Normal People again. Oh, no, wait. You hadn't read Normal People, had you? No, it's sitting on my desk. Okay, well, there you go. And then you have an Irish trilogy or right right there in front of you. Or, or and Milkman. Oh, yeah, and okay. Milkman. You can't well, not that? read Milkman in an Irish accent. It's okay, so what, required. what's more than three? When you have more than three, a trilogy is easier to say. A quadruplegy. <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> I don't that's think that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, just a really long series of books then. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I did have I did have a um a uh, four DVD box set of the four Alien movies back when there were only four, and I'm pretty right. sure that the box called it a uh, quadrilogy. Right. Well, sounds wrong, but okay. okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, Never mind. Okay. I I really like the sound of that, even though I'm not an anti-romantic, but I do like reading books by people that are 
And um, so I think I'm going to have to add that to uh, my list, Renee. So thank you very much for that. I thought you were going to talk about the very fancy highbrow literary book that you were took like you sent us a photo of for our Instagram. Yes. Last week. Our Renee has been dipping into some Dostoevsky, I think. <laughs> yes. As interesting as that one is, I have to plug Nicole Flattery because I really did enjoy reading her collection of very interesting, it's an interesting assortment of women. They're not your typical. And, yeah, I think it's a great read. Are they all different ages? They're all different All different ages. They're all different circumstances. You've got um, the girlfriend of a celebrity. You've got a student outcast. Um, there's even just a corporate employee as basic as that sounds she's a very complicated <laughs> character and I completely fell in love with her has she written some yeah. other stuff though? you may not know this but has she written other stuff because oh this um, looks like her collection right that's what it says this is so. the first I've read of her but I definitely would love to read more oh excellent well we will look out and if we hear about anything I will let you know straight away excellent all right well um let's bring in Joe. uh Joe, what have you brought um, I have read this week um, a book with like a really, really, really adorable hedgehog plushie on the front. Um, it's by Sayaka Maracha and it's called Earthlings. Um, it's not as cute as it looks. It's, I heard it's a little bit strange. Yeah, it is quite strange. So I absolutely loved her debut book, uh, Convenience Store Woman, and that was a book that got masses of buzz and lots of word of mouth, lots of pass along, you know, you must read this kind of uh, kind of things. Um, Earthlings is only her second book. It, it deals with lots of really similar themes about uh, feeling, uh, feeling isolated from society and feeling different to what society expects you to be, which I, you know, I believe in Japanese culture is, you know, there is quite a lot of pressure to conform. Um, so this follows a, a, a child and then a, a woman who uh, believes that she is actually an alien. Um, so this is a, a belief that starts in childhood and, um, you know, doesn't go away at the time that you would expect. Um, and, you know, so she leads a pretty strange life as a result of that. And um, it's a really, really interesting, uh, as convenience store woman was, um, a really interesting way of examining, you know, what's expected of us, you know, get married, have babies, have a good job, uh, and then tick, tick, you've done your job. Um, so, yeah, it was a really fascinating read and super cute cover. Oh, so cute. And I've got that, yeah. I, I like that it's got, like, a really cute cover like that because if people might not pick it, pick it up if they kind of, you know, if they're not used to reading books sort of that are either, you know, by... Um, yeah you know, authors that they're not that, that familiar with or, yeah. you know, with the subject matter like that. But then I think the yeah. cover just gets past that and people are just like, ah, oh, cute cover, pick it up. Yeah, and, and you sort of, love it. It, it lulls you into a false sense of security because you start out and she's a child who has these beliefs and you're like, oh, that's cute, isn't it? And then <laughs> she grows up and you're like, oh, okay. And, um, the, the sales rep who, who recommended this book to me uh, did warn me that the ending is wild, like absolutely wild. Um, when you're reading those first few pages, you're like, you would never imagine that it ends the way it does. So, you know, it starts out seemingly very harmless and by the end you're like, what am I even reading? I can't spoil it for you, but it is 
a crazy ride. Um, that's that does make that's pretty good. I don't know, yeah. Renee, I don't know, and Mark, I don't know about you, but uh, I w- I love the cover, but I was like, I haven't read Convenience Store Woman yet. I've like started it, but not finished it. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, that you know, we'll see. But now that you've talk- told me about a crazy ending, I love a crazy ending. So now I'm like, crazy. Crazy. That really that really sells it to me, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah. like it's and, and it just it just builds through the book and you don't realize until like when you're halfway through the book, you're like, hang on a minute. When I started this, this was just like this cute little story about this little girl and her cousin and they believe they're from another planet and isn't that cute? And then halfway through you're like, and what are they what? <laughs> like actually wash. And then by the time you get to the end, you're like, this is just this is just insane. This is just nuts. So, Excellent. yeah, Excellent. highly recommended, very unexpected, and you just won't ever, even with that description, you will never guess the direction that we go in. Oh, I see a challenge. I see a challenge. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You, try, okay. you just try and guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that might be, that might be. Jeez, oh, this is this is the problem with doing these podcasts is I already have so many books that I need, that I, um, well, I say need, that I've got to read. And I know, I, right? I just keep getting more. Yeah. I know. Um, I only have two eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Drew. Have you have you brought another book for us to to chat about? Um, I have brought a book that I haven't read yet, but that I'm looking forward to reading this weekend. Um, I guess back on the theme of Miles Franklin winners, um, I have the new novel from Sophie Laguna. Uh, it's due to come out in October this year, and I'm really really looking forward to um, to dipping into that this weekend. Um, Sophie. Uh, Sophie writes beautiful novels that um, investigate childhood and and children's feelings in a way that I just um, it, that is really rare. So once again, I believe this book is about childhood, similarly to Eye of the Sheep and The Choke. Um, and in The Choke, she wrote uh, she writes really childhood trauma. But she writes childhood trauma in a way that um, is very sensitive and it's while it's dark, it's still got some hopefulness to it. So I'm really looking forward to reading what she um, what she does with with this subject matter. And is that is that out yet or is that coming soon? No, no, that's coming out in uh, in October. Awesome. I've not I've, I've not read her before. Um, I feel like that's something that I say a lot as host of these podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you should be read Kyle Grows, huh? Yeah. I, I haven't read it either, but Joe told me so much about the choke when she read it that I feel like I've read it, but without having to um, live through the yeah. time of what the character. I actually no, I didn't get the benefit of the beautiful writing, but I got the <laughs> I got to hear all about the trauma of the child. So actually, no, I think yeah. I probably didn't get the best of that one. <laughs> But she writes in such a beautiful way that even um, even though there is this intense trauma happening in this child's life, um, you can still read with hopefulness and you're, you feel hopeful because I know in the choke I felt hopeful because I felt like this character was so resilient and was able, you know, and was somehow magically equipped even though she was so young uh, to... Um, to survive the things that she that she went through. So um, to me, it was uplifting at the end. Well, that's all you can hope for in a book where you that makes you cry. All right, Shinu, what what have you um, what have you brought along? 
I brought along so many books, but the first one is talking about books that make you cry but end with hope is um, uh, a book that's not out yet but will be out in September by uh, by a novelist, um, Eva Ramsey, called The Morbids. And um, <laughs> to be honest, I was, you know, I am the lifestyle category manager, so I do judge a book by its cover quite frequently. And um, I was like, I didn't even like see what the subject was uh, that the book was about when I said, I'll take a copy because I just saw the really cool proof that they gave us. So it's like I got a die cut and then like a picture underneath. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, and so I was not, I wasn't expecting anything from the book because I, as I said, I just looked at the cover and went, yeah, that looks good. Um, but the book is actually, it's so, so, so good. Um, it's, it's about, what it's about is not that exciting. Like it's about a, um, a woman in her 20s who um, has had some sort of trauma which we don't know about at the beginning of the book you find out throughout the book what it what it was and um has come has got this uh sort of gripped by this anxiety and thoughts of of death constantly thoughts of death she doesn't want to die she just keeps thinking of all the ways that life could end you know just unexpectedly um all the time and she goes to this uh this uh self-help group which seems that a bit of a worry of a self-help group because there's like a disinterested nurse that's a professional but otherwise it's just a bunch of people who all have these same kinds of thoughts about that they that they, they could be dying any second um that just does not seem to an outsider extreme very healthy at all or a very healthy coping mechanism but um the book sort of starts off sort of with a lot about sort of the group but then it really narrows in on um on the main character's actual um journey through dealing um her name's caitlin um, through dealing um, dealing with um, with the trauma that she experienced and what that actually means and how how you can actually live a life um, while recognizing that you are actually you know you, you you do need help and you do need to recover and that what you're what you're going through is not um, you know is not the end and it's not the way that you're going to have to be forever um, and it takes a long time for the book you know like she really has to like get to the bottom before she can come back up again which is you know a fairly um you know common like not an uncommon theme in books but there was just something about how she wrote the character that just felt so raw and so real and that even now when I'm thinking about it I'm kind of a little bit tearing up um because you know um you know in my family we've had experience of like a mental illness and that the way that she describes how she feels uh, is the way that um like I recognise that in like in my own life, seeing other people in my family like that, and so um, it was just so wonderful at the end that there was that um, there was that kind of hope, um, and there was that, and not not in, not in a, that kind of fake way, which feels like, you know, oh well, oh look, she she got some help now, she's fixed and everything will be fine, but um, just in a way that um, that just makes you go huh, at the end, like you know, oh, I can see how. Like, I think as a person, if you read this and you yourself had been going through something and weren't really ready to acknowledge it, I actually feel like this could possibly help people, um, which I don't know if that's what she intended to do with the novel. We haven't had a chance to speak to her about it yet. But, um, you know, you don't, you can't say that with um, a lot of books. And there's other books that I've read um, that are coming out soon that are out, which are great books, which also deal with similar subjects, but I just didn't feel the same emotional connection with those that I felt with this one. So I, I'm really, I really hope this one does really well because... Um, I just think that she's such a um, like such a great writer, and the book was a little bit slow for me to get into because I didn't really find I was a bit worried by that whole morbid situation. The group, um, I was like, ah. But as soon as it sort of went into her story, I was like, yep, this is it. And then my husband came home uh, from work, and I was reading it, 
and I had like a whole thing of tissues next to me. He was <laughs> he was like, oh my god, is what's wrong? And I'm like, no, 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 nothing's wrong. I'm just reading. I'm just reading a book. <laughs> and he was very confused because he's not a novel reader, and so I don't, you know, he kind of doesn't quite get why I've got like the, the power of books that the power that books can have. But this one definitely had that. <laughs> so uh, that was my that was my uh, uh, cry read of the weekend. Sounds awesome. You know, I love a depressing read. Yes, yes, uh, yes, I do. And um, I, that's why I have the copy here. We can exchange earthlings for morbids, <laughs> which is a really weird sentence if you take that out of context. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, what else do you have for us, Shanae? <laughs> so completely changing, changing topics and subjects. The other book that I read, which um, I was very, very excited to read, was um, the new book by Chris Hammer. Uh, the author of uh, Scrublands and Silver, and the new book is called Trust. And um, I was not sure about this book because I really enjoyed the um, the crime aspects of the previous two his previous two books, and I I like devoured them, even though they were quite long. And you know, there's lots of plot twists and stuff going on them. I read them like you know all in all in one sitting, both of them, uh, as I did with this one. Um, but this one is like different because it's um, half told from. Uh, the point of view of one of the characters um, in the first two books, Mandalay Blonde. And um, I wasn't sure how that would go because, you know, normally when you get um, a sort of a series written by an author with the one main character, like 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 he has Martin Scarsden, you usually stick with that. So it's unusual to have like this second, um, this second voice coming in. But it actually made the book, like it actually made the book work really well. And um, her voice was great and it was really interesting. And it was really, I really liked to see the main character from her point of view. Um, and it um, uh, it definitely made the story um, add an extra, added an extra dimension to the story. And the story was great because it comes back to Sydney. So Sydney is like the third main character in this book, in my mind, because he talks about the Sydney as only a Sydney, talks about Sydney as only a Sydney cider can. There's one description where he talks about walking through the city when you are in the shadows but you can see the sun, like walking through the middle of the city. And it's like so many times when I worked in the city, that is exactly what I was like. I was like, I can see the sun across Hyde Park but I'm just like one street behind and it's freezing cold and it doesn't feel like a nice day. And it, it feels awful but I know that people are at the beach having a great time and it's just like the dichotomy of Sydney and it's really all about the underbelly and the sea. The underbelly, but high-end underbelly, if that makes sense. So, like, all of the highfalutin people that are um, doing bad things or using their power in ways they probably shouldn't be. Um, so that's what the book's all about. So I think anyone that loved the first two will um, or love the next one. And um, I think it's meant to be the end of the Martin Scarsden series, but we will see. <laughs> awesome. That sounds amazing, Chanel. I've Again, I've not read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Mark, because whatever book you're about to talk about, I'm pretty sure we haven't read those either. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm hosting today. I, I will spare you. I will spare you um, talking about. Uh, you could uh, you could just make up a name and a plot, and we would be like, we would presume that's a real book if it's a science fiction um, kind of one. Well, unsurprisingly, I'm actually I'm actually rereading Dune this weekend. So oh, in anticipation of the new movie. Yeah. Yeah. I've never read it or watched a movie, but I've watched the one with Sting in it. That's not good. That's not. Good. Yeah, is that is that a bad adaptation? That's a bad adaptation. I only remember some very disturbing looking worms and Sting. <laughs> yeah. 
Renee, have you read or watched any of the Dune? I have not. No, I have not. Are you? Are you? Are you maybe going to watch the new one because Timothy? Sh- Sh- what's his name? Isn't it Chalamet? Yeah. yeah. It is tempting me. It really <laughs> yeah. tempting me. Although Joe Joe has now kind of sold me on watching the Mama Stick. <laughs> no. 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 Is it like the room? It's so bad that it's kind of good. No, it's just bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the, the, new one, on, um, the new one not only has Timothy Chalamet in it, it also has Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa. Oh, that's and I'm so, How can I forget? I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can um, on, the, on the topic of uh, book to screen, um, I finished last night watching um, Anne with an E. Yes. And with Green Gables adaptation, and I can highly recommend it. Spoiler alert: she hooks, she hooks up with Gilbert Blythe at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think this will come as a shock to anyone. And now I've moved on to um, the Babysitters Club adaptation, oh, which oh is my oh my goodness, it's adorable. I, I was I avoiding what. Watching it because I was like, oh, it'll be for kids and no. like it will be lame, but it is not. It's for everybody. Everybody should watch this show. Um, I I'm saving it because um, I couldn't like I was going to do Hamilton and um, and the Babysitters Club in one week. I was like, no, no, <laughs> let's, let's just like space it all out. And there's only ten episodes of the Babysitters Club, and who knows when the next season's coming. So yeah. I'm like, I'm saving it for when I really need to pick me up. Because yeah. Babysitter's I watched was five episodes in a night, but I did really yeah. need a pick me up, so it was good. And it's yeah. so faithful to the original book. Yeah. Like it really is. The first five episodes are the first five books that I read to show my age. I read them like as they were released. Yes, I. Um, uh, the Babysitter's Club was the first book that I borrowed from the li- from the school library um, when I was in primary school, and the librarian was like. I don't think you you'd be able to read this book. And I was like, I saw the cover and I was like, I will be able to read this book. Yeah. And I, I did. And it was, it was, it just changed my life. Babysitter's Club was my whole, a whole childhood was just that. Oh, did you, so you probably, Renee, did you did you Babysitter's Club or were you a bit like was it just kind of See, off the my, I have a sister who's eight years older than me and uh, she read the Babysitter's Club. I didn't, I missed out on it. Yeah, because it kind of, it's like all, uh, those, all those things kind of go in cycles, like Nancy Drew and then yeah. like Babysitter's Club and those kind of classics, Sweet yeah. Valley High. I'm waiting for the next, oh, wow. I know there already was a Sweet Valley High adaptation, but I'm waiting for a, a new updated Netflix one. I think that would be great. I'm, I'm just looking at the series here. The series went for 23 years. Oh, yeah. And uh, there are 131 books. Yep. Wow. wow. And then the graphic novel By the time the series finished, I was like well and truly in my 20s. So I haven't read all 131 of them, but I definitely have read the first, or oh, probably the first 10. Yeah. And that was about it. Oh, that's okay. Because that's what the episodes, it's eight episodes based on the first eight books, uh, I think eight or nine. And then one, the last episode is a super special, but the super special mm. two where they go to camp. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, considering the time of you know that we're in, they didn't film the super special one, which was the one where they go on the cruise, which was actually my favorite one when I was little, because it made cruising seem like the best thing ever. Whereas obviously right now you you know cruising is not something that I would be looking at doing um, so anytime in the near future. Are the last books in the series just about um, their struggles trying to continue babysitting as forty three year old women? <laughs> 
Yeah, see, I can see that actually after the after the twelfth book, there was a five year gap. At which yeah. point, I had discovered, um, you know, like Nirvana and stuff. So <laughs> I was not not in the in the target market anymore. <laughs> That's never stopped me from reading books that are well under my, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> my targeting towards me. But yeah. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone's only said good things. So good, so good. You were just oh. Perfect you can watch to read you after your the morbids when you were crying. This will just, you know, change your life. Yeah, I um I had to go out, so um that was worse because I had to leave the house and I was, I had to, and I was and I had red eyes. It wasn't good. All right, shall we uh, shall we move on to the next part of of our show? The, if we have to, the final smackdown uh, for a little segment that we like to call book fight, and this is the bit where we'll have some punching sound effects. Really? Oh, that, that doesn't sound very um, PC <laughs> or something <laughs> to be fighting at work. That sounds probably an HR issue. Well, just don't, don't, we just won't tell them that we do this. <laughs> okay, we won't, we won't mention it. <laughs> All right, so the way that this works is that I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and you guys each have to choose a word that you say to buzz in if you want to answer. So, Renee, what word would you like to, to use? I think I'll use mammoth. I think mammoth. I'll plug mammoth again. Nice one. All right, Joe, what about you? Excellent. Um, I'm going to use hedgehog for this guy. And Shanae? This little guy on the front of the I guess I'll continue the theme and trust it is. Excellent. Not trust it is, just trust is the word. I'm not going to say trust it is every time. <laughs> just trust. <laughs> All right, cool. So are we ready? All yes. Right. What do we do? Uh, so you, you shout the word to buzz in and then you okay. answer the question if you know it. Um, okay. Do you lose points if you get the answer wrong? This is just very important so that Joe knows Joe only buzz Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to go into the negatives. Please don't make going into the negatives an option. You don't, you don't lose points. You, ju you, can, you just win them. Okay. okay. And if, if you get it wrong, does someone else then try and answer the question? Do you buzz again? What's, uh, yeah, what's somebody else can jump in if you get it wrong. Okay. I mean, this is this is very much a making up the rules <laughs> as we go along kind of show. <laughs> You're, you're talking to people that really like rules here, so I, know, I, realize, I realize my mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, right, just, All right, let's do it. Book fight. Question one. Donald Trump Jr. announced a new self-published book this week. What grammatical error did he make in the title? Shanu. He put the apostrophe in the wrong place so it looked like it was just one Democrat he was talking about rather than the Democrats as a whole. <laughs> That, that is correct. That is correct. I had to like, I was like, who, what publisher let that happen? And I saw self-published. Self-published. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> All right. And for a bonus point to anyone, what's the title of the book? Okay. I can trust. I can half answer this. It's Joe Biden and the Democrat apostrophe S. So the Democrats something, something, something. I'll give, I'll, I'll give that to you. It's, it's liberal privilege, Joe Biden and the Democrats, defense of the indefensible. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> after, the, after the mistake with the apostrophe, I didn't really care what the rest of the title was. That just yeah. that was that was funny. So, all right. Question two: Which book won the Miles Franklin Award in twenty nineteen? Uh, Hedgehog. Joke. Uh, Too much lip by Melissa Lukashenko. Is exactly correct. Yay. Okay. That's good that we didn't get that wrong. 
Okay. <laughs> would have been awkward. That's true. I, I There's just so many awards. It's hard to remember which. Which like I already thought Tara Jean Winch had won the Miles. Frank. Like, I just presumed that we'd already announced that and she'd already won because she'd won so many other awards this award season. Well deserved, but I just I didn't realize that was a new award. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Next question. Clanlands is an upcoming book recently announced by Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish. What hey, TV show? Yep, go, Joe. Um, Outlander and I Don't Know or Care. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> well I, I don't want to talk anymore about that book right now, so I was very happy to let Joe answer that question. <laughs> also, I really hope the final cover has more less clothes. <laughs> Speaking of HR violations, Sharon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Speaking on behalf of the people that really want this book and have bought this book already without the confirmed cover, I'm pretty sure they would like. And also they're wearing like full-on winter clothes plus um, scarves. Yeah. So there's like yeah. a lot of clothes. Next question. Name every book in the Twilight series, including the new one. Mammoth. Oh, no. Go. Twilight. Breaking Dawn, Eclipse. Yep. Midnight Sun is the new one. Yep. Oh, Anyone else want to jump in? New Moon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work out a way this to see. the only question I get right. <laughs> but, Renee, Renee, you're I, fired. <laughs> I forgot to mention um, before I asked that question because I'm making this up as I go along, there was a point for each one you got right. So you actually oh, got you Thank you, Mark. <laughs> but don't worry, there, there's lots more points to win. Oh, joy. <laughs> All right. Which fictional character marks his 25th book with The Sentinel scheduled for release in October? Uh, trust. Shanae? Someone called Jack. I don't know. It feels yeah. like it's someone called Jack. Is it Jack Reacher? It's Jack Reacher. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, next one. Which novel opens with the line, there was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub and he almost deserved it? No? Clearly, I don't think we should do first lines. I don't think we, any of us are very good at first lines. This is the first thing that nobody's gotten it because I always ask a first line. I feel like yeah, I know. Like I thought this was super famous, but clearly not. Uh, there was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it, is the first line of Voyage of the Dawn Treader from the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Ah, I've totally read that quite recently as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I read and watched the show maybe 20 years ago. So. Yeah, no, I read it, to, I read it to my son like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I, I should have probably known that, but not. Nah. It's like... I'm sorry, it's like a trivia a trivia thing I went to once where they were like, okay, so this is a scene from one of the Matrix movies. Tell us what happens in the next scene. And you're like, no one could answer that because all of the Matrix movies look the same and who knows what happens in any of those movies. It's like, it's like, the same thing. It's like you, you understand all the books together as a thing with C.S. Lewis, but not like specifically each one and which one that would come from. I think that's, that's our defence for not knowing that. <laughs> all right, no points there then. All right, the next one, there is a big chance to win a lot of points here. Name as many books as you can that begin with the letter P. Uh, Hedgehog. All right, <laughs> go. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion. Yep. yep. I can only think of Jane Austen ones and I've done that now. 
Um, <laughs> nah, that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this bookshelf is not helping me that I'm looking at. I need to change this bookshelf to make sure there's more alphabetical uh, <laughs> options. I feel like that's cheating, Shanae. <laughs> but look. Uh, there were no rules put in place, so uh, it's okay because the cheating's not working because I can't see any that start with P. I and do I get two uh, points for Pride and Prejudice because Pride and Prejudice both start with P. <laughs> I think I really should. Very often Pride, Prejudice, and Persuasion. Correct. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, and there's also a book called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, yeah, that's true. That. That's yeah. a completely yeah. different book. That the is. problem is when Mark said starts with P, all I can think of is that book, this is that, that pterodactyl's book, and now I can't think of it. <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Right. Well, look, there's no shame there. Like, uh, I've, uh, every week so far we have asked a question, that exact question, although with a different letter, and yes. I think the most anybody's gotten is three. So... I got right. three. Excellent. We've got we've got one question left. Shinu, you're on three points. Renee is on five, and Joe is on five. So it's a it's a Joe Renee showdown here. And <laughs> if there is only one point available, <laughs> complete this book title. Where? Uh, Wally. Wally. <laughs> I think Shinu got that. That's a tie. Yay! Renee and Joe. Both tied. Well, both so you've got a tie. You've got a tiebreaker question prepared, haven't you, Mark? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's about to put up um, Matrix, just the sound, and you have to guess what the next scene in the Matrix is. That's that's the tiebreaker <laughs> question. Okay, here's uh, here's a good one. All right, so I've just opened Booktopia.com.au on on my on my screen. Uh, what is the number one best-selling book on our homepage right now? Phosphorescence. Nope. Uh, it's a fiction title, isn't it? No. It's one we've talked about before. There may have even been a question about it in the trivia quiz. It 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 may involve Scotland and <gasps> Man, that's the last migration. <laughs> I think Renee, Renee jumped in first. She's she said Mana. Well, well what's the answer? Clamma, I got it wrong. <laughs> oh, Joe got it. it. Okay, there you go. Joe, <laughs> uh, Joe. The, the winner we knew would be the winner. So yay, Joe. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, don't apologize. Are you kidding? We're not sorry. We're fine. No, I just and wanted one point. I, as long as I didn't have zero points, I was happy. <laughs> I've been known I've been known to push my son, my eleven year old son, out of the way so that I can answer one of his questions and win a game because that's just how I am. We know this, which is why Renee yeah. was really happy just to get one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank That's you. Why I jumped so fast on the first one, so I could also get just one point. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for joining me. Um, and thank you to everybody who uh, listened. Uh, the Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Vasiliev, and you can find links to the books we've discussed today in the episode description, or you can find them all on booktopia.com.au. You can listen to all of our shows for free on SoundCloud and iTunes, including our interview with Utopia Avenue author David Mitchell. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of The Weekend Booktopian. Until then, thanks for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, 
head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.